What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fanatic. My name is Jacob Gallopo, and today it's time for the Week 4 preview. Week 3 is over, and craziness is past. Hopefully, uh, there won't be so many upsets and stuff this week, because that's going to ruin my picks again. I only got, like, I think, 9 out of 16 last week. It was I got caught crazy. up to you this week, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Nick is with me again for the preview. How you guys uh, doing? And he, uh, last week, uh, in week two, I had one more right than he did. Last week, he had one more right than me, so we are tied up again. If you want to go check out those picks, I have all of that on the footballfanaticpodcast.com. Footballfanaticpodcast.com. Check out all the former episodes, and then you can see our picks for the past weeks and this week, so go check that out. Without further ado, we're going to start with the matchups. We're going to start with the Thursday night game. We're not having to, we're actually being able to preview it this time. In the past, we've just had to do a recap because uh, usually this comes out Friday or Saturday, but we are recording ahead of time. So the Thursday night matchup, Chicago Bears are taking on the Green Bay Packers. What are your original thoughts on this matchup? Not just because I'm a Packer fan, I am saying this from the heart. The Packers are going to win this game. I feel like Aaron Rodgers will not allow them to lose a close game to a poor team, honestly, like they did last week. They, they kept it close, and it was not fun to watch at all. The leading receiver is Kendall Wright as far as wide receivers. Um, Tyreek Cohn is catching stuff out of the backfield, but Kendall Wright is the number one receiver, which is a very scary thought. So I just don't think they have any threat in the passing game at all, and that's going to make them one-sided, and the Packers defense should be able to shut down that one-sided offense. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. If you saw the game last week, the entirety of the Bears' offense, guess how many receiver catches there were? One. Deontay Thompson caught one pass. Kendall Wright caught nothing. Every other pass went to either Zach Miller, the tight end, or a running back. So it's just such an imbalanced team. It's all running back uh, run, runs and checkdowns and stuff like that. So Tariq Cohen has twice as many, or almost twice as many receptions as everyone else on this team. It's kind of crazy, and I don't think that I think the Packers are better against the run than they are against the pass. Uh, if Mike Daniels, the defensive tackle for the Packers, if he's out again for this game, then that might make it a little harder. But I think the Bears are just too one-dimensional on offense to really have a chance. Yeah, I think the thing that scares me, though, is they managed to beat the Steelers with that one-sided offense, and that's supposed to be a high-powered team. That's what scares me a little bit. It's it's true, but I do think the Steelers just seem to always have at least one game in a year where they just lose to an inferior team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the reason is for that, but it's just Mike Tomlin teams have been that way. So uh, I'm still picking the Packers, and I'm interested to see how close this one's going to be, though, because uh, the Bears came pretty close to beating the Falcons when they played against them, and the Packers got blown out by the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be a close one. I don't know. I'm yeah. still taking the Packers in this one. Though. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers as well. But uh, this will be interesting. I want to see how the Packers perform in this game, and then uh, hopefully it'll be giving me hope for the future. I don't know the status on the two Packers tackles, David Bakhtiari, Brian Belaga. They Cobb. missed. Uh, Randall Cobb is questionable for the game so far. We haven't gotten a report on that yet, so uh, stay tuned for updates there. But if he doesn't play, Geronimo Allison did a pretty good job filling that role last week, actually, Adam, but 120-some yards. So he did a good job. Yeah. I'm confident that their offense is going to be fine. Whether or not Cobb plays, I'm more worried about Rodgers getting pressured. So that's that game. We're both taking the Packers in that one. Next game, it's another London game being played at 9.30 uh, our time. This game is the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins dropped a dud last week 
Uh, I've been wrong in their pick both weeks so far. First, I picked them to lose. Then I picked them to win. And (laughs) this Dolphins team is just so unpredictable. Yeah, so London games always mess me up as far as fantasy. you got to get your lineup in early if you have anyone from those two teams, which is really annoying, to be honest. But um, in this one, I'm going to take the Saints. They have a high-powered offense. Even if they're not using Adrian Peterson, I I still feel like their offense is is very high-powered. Their defense, on the other hand, is a little scary, but we know Jay Cutler and we know what he's capable of, and that's interceptions, so I'm not really (laughs) worried about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm taking the Saints in this one as well. And as always, I'm watching the running backs, trying to see if they're going to get either uh, Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara more involved. I want to see if this ends up going one way or the other or if they're going to continue with an even time split. Other than that, the Saints offense, we're pretty familiar with the Drew Brees and pretty much any wide receiver in that offense. They're going to get volume. This just the offense is too potent. And then on uh, the Dolphins side of the ball, Devontae Parker is definitely the main candidate. Jay Cutler just likes to throw him the ball. He forces it to his receivers. He usually has one or two guys that he locks onto. And on the Dolphins, that's Devontae Parker. And Jarvis Landry's a pretty good target guy as well. He's got 19 receptions in two games so far. So that's pretty insane. Yeah, if you're going to start a receiver fantasy-wise from this game, Jarvis Landry might be the one to go, especially in PPR. He's going to get a lot of volume. So, And they're going to be playing from behind most of the game, in my opinion. So I would agree. The start of the week in this game is probably going to be Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I can see that. And then Jay Ajayi uh, struggled quite a bit last week, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but he only had like 16 yards throughout the whole game. So that's definitely a situation that I'm going to want to keep an eye on, but I am picking the Saints in this as well. So we move on to our next matchup. In this game, the Buffalo Bills are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Surprising game last week. We saw the Bills take down the Denver Broncos. So what do you think? Is it, was that more of a dud from the Broncos, or are the Bills a team that we actually need to be paying attention to? That, in my opinion, is going to be a dud from the Broncos. I was watching NFL Network, and they had some commentary on the Bills, and they're not a team to be scared of, and I agree with that. Their number one receiver is Jordan Matthews, I believe. Zay Jones really hasn't been doing much this year, That's which is true. kind of a disappointment. Um, LaShawn McCoy, you know, he's always a good option. No touchdowns yet this season, but, you know, you can't you can't bench LaShawn McCoy. So from a fantasy perspective, you do have a couple guys there. You could start Tyrod Taylor. I heard you picked him up in a couple fantasy leagues. I did. I had Cam Newton in a league, and just after seeing how he played last week, I, I dropped him. I made a trade for Tyrod Taylor. I was able to get him for pretty cheap, which is something that I was not – um, I, ca- I was expecting, but I don't understand why that is. If you look at the stats, in the past two seasons, he has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in both years. And that's just its something that a lot of people don't know. But just because he has the rushing floor, he gets a lot of running yards. He has 106 so far in the year. That's 10 points. And that just adds to his total. He's doing pretty well this year. I don't remember exactly what he's placed, but he's playing pretty well. And the stats, maybe you w- wouldn't know from looking at it, but he is a very serviceable quarterback. Yeah, um, so still, I still don't trust him to win the game. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one just, I mean, purely based on how they dismantled the Packers, and I do feel like the Packers are a better, t- better team than the Bills. So the Falcons obviously have the amazing offense. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu already stepping up big this year. He's only one reception behind Julio Jones. Yeah, Mohamed Sanu is a guy that I was watching when he was a Bengal, and I was expecting him to step up big time. Didn't really ever happen over there, but now with his new team, he seems to have come into a good role. He's the slot guy. He's the third down guy. 
he doesn't always get a ton of targets. He doesn't always get a ton of yards and deep throws and stuff like that. He only has a 10.7 yard per catch average, which is pretty low for a wide receiver. But uh, he definitely has a role in this offense. He's a big target. Uh, and, and Matt Ryan, he's got the trust. Mohamed Sanu has earned his trust. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, I think he's definitely a good addition to this offense, a good complement to Julio Jones and just the offense that Atlanta has going I'm taking Atlanta in this one as well. Um, I do think that the, the Broncos are a good team, but they didn't play to their potential last week. And the Buffalo Bills definitely have potential on the offensive front and then somewhat on the defensive front too. But Atlanta Falcons are 3-0. and They went to the Super Bowl last year, and that's not a fluke. So that's yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. All right, so that wraps up that game. We both agree on the pick there. I don't. Th we haven't differed yet, have we? No, we have not. All right, well, hopefully this will get a little bit uh, more diverse soon. Next matchup on the slate, Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are the team that we got to see get destroyed by the Jacksonville Jaguars in London last week. I think that was a fluke, honestly. I think part of that was due to the fact that they had so much travel time and going to London, um, getting used to the time change, whereas the Jacksonville Jaguars have played over there for the past few years. They even have a player on their team, Alan Hearns. They've, called him, they've started calling him Mr. London. It's just they're used to playing over there, whereas the Ravens weren't. I mean, you never see a team get blown out 44-7, to especially a team as good as the Ravens. They were 2-0 and before that and just seemed like a pretty balanced team. I think they're going to come back in this one. I don't know if it translates to a win, but I do think that they're going to have a better performance than last week. Yeah, they're absolutely going to have a better performance than last week. I personally do not think they're going to win, though. Le'Veon Bell hasn't really been doing much this season, but I think he's going to start coming out in this game with an absolutely huge game. And you can always trust on Antonio Brown. Those are two huge fantasy options, and they're going to have an amazing game. Ravens, I don't see one stud on the offensive side of the football. I, I, can't, I can't see one on that team. Well, that was what I was going to comment on. I think I'm going to be keeping an eye on this game mostly because I want to see the way that the Ravens play. Because if we look at the past three weeks – uh, the last week, I just I'm pretty much just throwing that game out. It's it's useless yeah. in, in what my analysis could be for that. There's just nothing to see there. Uh, but in the first week, we saw Joe Flacco is coming back from an injury and just wasn't really able to throw the ball much. So they took a lot more of a running approach. They gave a lot of carries to Terrence West and the other guys in the backfield, and then didn't really throw very much. Then week two, they threw it quite a bit and had some success there. So in this game, I kind of want to see what their offensive identity is. I want to see who's getting the catches, who's getting the carries, and what they more focus on. There just hasn't been a big enough sample size so far, so I kind of want to see what this offense is made of. But can you trust them, trust them enough to put them in the win column here? I don't think so. I think the yeah. Steelers are more well balanced, and then they've just they've just got too much talent on offense. Because as you mentioned, there's no there's not really big names on the Ravens. Whereas if you go to the Steelers, you got Ben Roethlisberger, you've got Le'Veon Bell, you've got Antonio Brown, two uh, or three of the best guys out there in football. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, usually the number two and three picks in fantasy. That's for a reason. These guys will produce. And I don't think, while the Baltimore Ravens have a good defense, I don't think it's going to be enough to stop the three Bs. Agreed with that. Can't forget about Martavis Bryant, the four killer Bs. Well, yeah, that's true. He has He's had one big game so far, though, so I am a little worried about him. Uh, he's definitely a boomer bust guy, so in fantasy, that's something you want to think about always. So he could either get you a lot of points, or you, he could get you pretty much nothing. And so far, two out of three weeks, it's been pretty much nothing. So. Yeah. Uh, hard to trust him week to week, but definitely is a playmaker and a guy you want to keep an eye on in games. Um, yeah, so that's that game. We're both picking the Steelers. Yes. All right. 
Next game, this one I think will be a little interesting. Cincinnati Bengals have a divisional game against the Cleveland Browns. This one, uh, let's talk about the Browns first. Deshaun Kaiser has thrown six interceptions in the past two weeks and seven on the season. Uh, so you like, I like some of the things I've seen from him, but the turnovers, I don't know if you can really do that. He's got more turnovers this year than touchdowns so far. What is Andy Dalton looking like, though? Because he's only got two passing touchdowns on the season as well. That's a fair question, and that's another thing we, we've seen. Uh, the Bengals last week against the Packers, they kind of rebounded from the offensive struggles that they've had so far. And I think that's largely in part um, due to the fact that they finally committed to Joe Mixon in the running game. Mm -hmm. They're, they've pretty much just had a split up until this point. Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, and Jeremy Hill. And last week, clearly the back was Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard still had the passing down work, but I think committing to that and not just having to go back and forth and kind of not really let any guy get something going, I think that helped them in their offense and also just experience like, I guess they just needed a few games to get warmed up or something. I don't know. but Yeah, believe it or not, I found Joe Mixon on the waiver wire in my fantasy league. So if you are graced with that option, pick him up. He is now officially the starter, I do believe, like you said, right? Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're pretty committed to him, it looks like. Yeah, so if you have the option to pick him up, absolutely do that. He could be a good PPR option. Um or not, not so much. Maybe, maybe that's Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, I think Giovanni Bernard is the guy you want in PPR. Joe Mixon definitely is the one in standard, um, but they, I think they both can have value in this offense because if you look at the stats, Andy Dalton really doesn't do a whole lot here, and the receivers. I mean, you have AJ Green, two hundred fifty-two yards. No other receiver has more than sixty-two. So it's it's a pretty one-sided attack here. A.J. Green is the receiver, and there's pretty much nothing else. The Bengals kind of focus more on the running back. So I think there's enough value here for both Mixon and Bernard. Yeah. So, I mean, Mixon and Bernard, like you said, there is some value for both of them. Uh, Mixon more in standard leagues and Bernard in PPR. Um, over to the Cleveland Browns side of the football, Isaiah Crowell really underperforming this season. Yeah, it's been three weeks, and he only has 114 yards on the ground. And it's pretty disappointing. He's a guy that I've targeted in fantasy leagues quite a few times. It's It looks like I've been overdrafting him. I thought I was underdrafting him, but it just he hasn't performed, even though they've went out and they got a bunch of really talented offensive linemen. But uh, this Browns offense just really hasn't been able to figure it out so far. Yeah, Koala only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. It's nothing to get excited, excited about. And like you mentioned earlier, Deshaun Kaiser with the turnovers. So I'm not really seeing much upside to the offensive side of the ball. And based on what the Bengals did to the Packers last week, I think I'm going to go Cincinnati on this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree, actually. I wasn't sure if we were going to differ on this one or not. It's yeah. a, this, is a, this is a tough one. This is a toss-up, honestly. Two teams that have the potential to be good but just haven't really shown it thus far. I believe they're both 0-3. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, on the offensive for the Cleveland Browns, I think this is really the deal-breaker for me. There's just so much volatility in the receivers. As we've talked about, Corey Coleman is out for the season with a broken hand. So they just haven't really locked into a number one receiver. First it was Rashard Higgins, now it's Kenny Britt. But really the only consistent producer on that offense is Duke Johnson, the second running back who's lined up in the slot. He's lined up in the running back position. He kind of moves all over, and I think he's the wild card there. But there's just not really anybody else consistent outside of that, and that's why I have to take the Bengals in this one. I would agree. All right, next matchup. The Los Angeles Rams are taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, the Cowboys, we saw them get blown out in Week 2. Uh, they bounced back a little bit last week, 
when they took on the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Um, what do you think about the Cowboys? Was uh, what is more indicative of their future performance? Was it Week Two or Three? Um, I, I think it was Week Three. I think that they are a, a strong team with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. And based on what you saw them do their rookie seasons, they can do it their sophomore seasons. I mean, there is such thing as a sophomore slump. Will it happen this year? I don't think so. Those first two games weren't exactly what we know the Cowboys to be. Will they be a playoff team? Probably not, in my opinion. I think the Eagles might be seizing that division. Yeah, their division is really good. They've got the Redskins. They've got the Giants, who haven't looked that good so far, but I think they're they're going to... Um... They're going to get it back together pretty soon, and they'll at least put up a fight. I don't, they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it's pretty much already too late for that, but yeah. they'll put up a fight in the divisional games. Yeah, absolutely. However, in this game, I, I do like Todd Gurley, and I do like what opposing players have been able to do to the Cowboys' defense so far. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the Cowboys, their defense just really hasn't shown much to me so far, and they got destroyed by the Broncos and Trevor Simeon, and then we saw Trevor Simeon get shut down by the Bills' defense. So again, a small it's sample very, size very so confusing. far. Yeah, a small sample size so far this season. But uh, I'm I'm curious what they have to offer. But as we've talked about before, they lost both of their starting corners in free agency this off season. So they've got some young guys there. They've got uh, some injured corners as well. Orlando Scandrick dealing with injury, along with a few others. So that hasn't helped them at all either. Yeah, and I'm liking the way Sammy Watkins is looking coming off that game from last week. He's battling concussion issues, I do believe. I don't know if he's cleared yet for this game. I have not game. heard a ruling for that, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, so if you have him in fantasy, be wary of that. However, Todd Gurley, like I said earlier, he's going to be a very good fantasy start, and I feel like he will shred up this defense. I don't know if you could consider this an upset, but I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Yeah, that's I consider taking that way as well. I am actually going to go with the Cowboys, though. I think um, they're just, uh, after seeing what they did last season, I think that they're more consistent, whereas the Rams, they have a new head coach. They've got a lot of young guys. I don't think their experience is going to trump uh, the more veteran experience of the other guys. I mean, I know Prescott and Elliott are still young, but they're they're talented, and we've seen that. And I, I liked what I saw from Dak Prescott last week. He really stepped up. Um, and kind of just put the pass behind him, what happened in the Broncos game, just looked past that and performed against the Cardinals, and I think that happens again. Um, so, yeah, that, that'd be my opinion. But one quick note here, though. I would, um, if you have Sammy Watkins in fantasy, I would consider, um, I would put out some feelers for trades because he has a really, really tough schedule coming up for cornerbacks. So I would just advise looking at the schedule and seeing if you're okay with what he has coming up. But that that's something I would consider. But, yeah, so I am taking the Cowboys in this game. All right, so we do disagree with yep. one of them. Yeah, we got one, finally. This, these are the one, These are the fun ones. All right, Tennessee Titans are taking on the Houston Texans, another divisional game. Uh, Texans last week, what did, what did you think about them? I had mixed emotions about him. I always love DeAndre Hopkins just because he's such a, a good – I mean, he hoards passes. He's going to force – Watson's going to force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins almost every play, it seems like. They did lose a step in their running game, though. Lamar Miller, is he really the featured back anymore? He is. Uh, Dante Foreman has definitely been taking some carries from him, but uh, there, there's, it's clearly um, he's the guy to own. Miller has 182, and yeah, Dante Foreman just doesn't have nearly that. I think he's got – they have a pretty – a more even time split than you would have expected. I think it's probably like two to one 
there, but uh, Foreman is more involved than we thought, but Miller is still the guy to own. Okay. Yeah, so glad I got your opinion on that one. I was just really trying to feel out, you know, because I saw something on NFL Network. They were saying people were dropping Lamar Miller in some leagues. I have actually seen that, and I mean, I, I think that's a little bit crazy, but yeah. I can see it at, at the same time just because – uh, he does kind of lose some upside if you've looked at the stats over the past few seasons. He's one of the least efficient runners in the league. But just because of the volume, I don't think you can drop him. Yeah. He's get, definitely going to get more than most of the guys that are on the waiver wire. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you feel about DeMarco Murray coming off the big week? Uh, to me, it really wasn't that big of a week. He had one good run, and that was about it. If you take away that 75-yard touchdown he scored at the end of the game, he only had 40 yards in the entirety. And De DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry still a pretty much even split. DeMarco Murray has 35 carries, while Derrick Henry has 33. So I still think this is pretty 50-50, and I don't think last week is going to change anything there. Yeah, and they're both averaging over five yards a carry, which is amazing based on how many carries they have already. Right, that's definitely the focal point of their offense. Yeah, definitely the rushing attack for sure. Rashard Matthews, former Dolphins receiver with the Titans now. I don't know if he's looking real good yet through three games. I mean, he hasn't had really big numbers, but he has done pretty well, especially when you consider Eric Decker and Corey Davis now competing for targets over there. Rashard Matthews was the number one last year, and Eric Decker came in. I think a lot of people expected him to become the number one, the end zone target, but that really hasn't happened so far. Only 91 yards over three games. And then Corey Davis is still suffering from an injury, so I don't. It sounds like he may not play this week. Didn't play last week, so he only has 73 yards so far. And because of that, Matthews is the de facto number one. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And just based on what I'm looking at with the two rushers in Tennessee, I'm going to take the Titans in this one. I think between Murray and Henry, they should be able to dismantle the Texans' defense. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I was about to ask, like these these teams, uh, same division. So divisional games are always hard. And then also they're both coming off pretty impressive games. The Tennessee Titans yep. beat the Seahawks last week. Houston almost came away with a victory against the Patriots. In Foxborough. Exactly. And that's that's something that is the reason that I kind of doubted myself with this pick almost. But I think uh, the experience of the Titans is going to um, overcome Deshaun Watson. And he's, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I think that's what makes the difference here. Um, the Titans I still have as the favorite to win this division. And... Favorite to win this game for me. Yep. I agree with that one for sure. I think this up uh, this next game is probably one of the toughest to call. Got two good NFC North teams. The Detroit Lions are taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, one quick note, Sam Bradford is not practicing right now. So he has not been officially ruled out for this week that I've heard. But it's not looking good for him so far without practice. You do want a guy to get some practice in there before at least limited and thus far he just really hasn't been able to do that he was completely out of practice so far yeah so the big thing about the vikings for me though is even though they do not have sam bradford stefan diggs was able to pull off a huge game with case keenum it looked like they just found instant chemistry so if you have stefan diggs in any fantasy leagues he's a must start no matter who's that quarterback in my opinion I would agree with that, and Adam Thielen is still a wide receiver three, flex guy. I think he still has appeal there, even with Case Keenum at quarterback. But we did see him do very well last week. Uh, that that would be my question for you, I think, is do you think um, – I think he played in week two. Do you think that was more of a fluke, or was it last week that where he had the three-touchdown game? What can we expect from him going forward? 
Against the Lions, I feel like they're going to have to keep pace because the Lions were, are going to score a lot of points. So I feel like that's going to put pressure on Case Keenum, and I haven't really seen him in pressured situations, so it's tough to call that one. Yeah, and then Matthew Stafford is the guy who just seems to come through in the clutch all the time. Yep, absolutely. Seven touchdowns on the season already. I'm expecting big things from Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay, since week one, has not produced as much as we thought he would. Yeah, the rookie came in with a two-touchdown game. Really not um, – he and Benny Fowler of the Broncos both were the two the two guys that we were supposed to keep an eye on throughout the season to see them get an uptick in their role. But it's kind of been the opposite. They had really big opening games and haven't done much since then. So I think as the season goes on, he's going to carve out more of a role for himself. But at, for right now, week one was more of a fluke and just he was the guy that was open, and that's where Matt Stafford threw it. So I don't know. You, you can't really trust him yet, but – he definitely can't have a role in this offense, and he's the second leader in receiving yards and receptions despite only having that really one big game. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as rushing for each team, the rushing attack clearly in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I agree there, and that's that's pretty much where I'm going to make the distinguish, this distinguish here. Um, Dalvin Cook is uh, far superior in the running game as far as I'm concerned to Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. And I mean, if you look at, if you compare the two of them to me, quarterback play, I think Matthew Stafford's going to be better um, than Case Keenum, at least. Sam Bradford might be at least somewhat comparable if he plays. But the rushing game definitely goes to the Vikings. The defense definitely goes to the Vikings. So for that reason, I have the Vikings in this game. I have the Vikings in this one as well. No matter who is that quarterback, I just think they're a stronger team. Yeah, they're more balanced overall. Um, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Detroit Lions. Yeah, this is easily the toughest one to call, I think, in this week's matchups. Yeah, agreed there. Next game, the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, even though he's, what, 40 now? (laughs) He's getting up there, but he continues to dominate along the football field. It is absolutely insane. And if you compare him to Cam Newton going into this week, I think uh, we have our clear-cut winner. It's going to be the Patriots for me in this one, no matter who's running the ball. I mean, they got three or four guys running the ball. Rex Burkhead, I think, is out of this game, though. He definitely has uh, some injury issues. I don't know if he's been officially ruled out, but he's uh, he's not practicing fully still. He's still uh, setback, at least, so keep an eye on his status as well. Yeah, it doesn't raise much concern. I am still confident in the Patriots' offense. Gronkowski coming off a big week. Brandon Cooks coming off a big week, winning the game for him at the end there. So I'm going to take the Patriots in this one just way too high-powered of an offense. Yeah, and I just haven't really seen much from the Panthers so far. I kind of talked about that. Cam Newton only two touchdowns on the year and just really has not shown me anything that would give me reason to believe in them. And – uh. Another blow to this team, obviously they've lost Greg Olson already, and then Kelvin Benjamin was injured last week, left the game in the first quarter, I believe it was, did not return. Sounds like he may even be out for this week as well, so there's just not really any offensive firepower for the Panthers at all, so I'm taking the Patriots in this one as well. I think the only guy you can trust for the Panthers is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, good PPR option, 18 receptions on the season. Yep, and that's along with his 25 carries. So Jonathan Stewart is still definitely the guy that's running the ball more, but McCaffrey does have a role there, and he definitely has the passing down role as well. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Jets. Again, we're seeing the Jaguars coming off a 44-7 to victory in London. Do you think that carries over to this week? I think they are going to win this week because I don't trust the Jets at all. 
but I don't think it's going to be that big of a scoring blowout as it was last week. Yeah, and it is interesting, actually, though. We saw the Jets come away with the victory against the Miami Dolphins last week, 20-6. to um, So I, the Jets are better than I thought, and they're not tanking like I thought they were. I still think they're probably going to try to land somewhere towards the bottom in picks and want to have a higher pick in the draft, but they apparently are not tanking, so that we could expect them to win some more games this year. Yeah, Jermaine Curse, I feel like he'll have a big role in that offense as well as the season continues. Robbie Anderson stepped up big last week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Forte and Bilal Powell still splitting carries, but they're getting the job done for the most part, it looks like. Yeah, the two of them and Elijah McGuire now as well. Yep. While they're, none of them really are worth anything in fantasy anymore just because they're all splitting carries they're getting the job done on the football field and that's really what matters for this team yeah especially they i mean they're looking for wins if they're not trying to get the lowest pick in the or the highest pick in the draft um they're just looking for wins any way they can get them at that point um however you know jacksonville jaguars they got leonard Fournette, amazing rushing attack this year a lot different than we saw last year from them yeah, definitely. Chris Ivory and TJ Eldon were just not able to get the job done, and that really affected the team because if you're not able to get the running game going, that makes you one-dimensional. And, I mean, Blake Bortles, even in a two-dimensional offense, struggles quite a bit. Um, yeah. So it, that didn't help him at all, and it just he didn't have a good season last year. But he's definitely looking a lot better this year now that their focal point is the defense and the ground game. Yeah, Blake Bortles was averaging a crazy amount of passing attempts per game last season, and it's just... They can't trust him to do that. So it was good that they were able to find Fournette. He's a good fantasy option every week. We all know that. Three touchdowns on the season just rushing. So I feel like he is a good option in this game, and I'm going to take the Jaguars. They're a better offense and defense based on what I saw last week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really helps them that Bortles doesn't have to throw it that much. But at the same time, we saw him throw four touchdown passes last week. So, again, I think that's partly just due to the Ravens not being uh, very good in London and not being used to the travel and stuff. Uh, but Fournette is averaging 22 touches a game, and that just helps take the load off of Blake Bortles, take the pressure off so he can manage the game instead of being the guy who has to make the game. So I think that helps him a lot, and I'm, I'm taking the Jaguars in this one as well. While the Jets are better than I thought, and I don't have to pick against them every time just because I think they're tanking, now, the Jaguars are a good team there, and that defense is legit. That's really my takeaway from last week. Yep. They, I, they, they had like 10 sacks or something. Yeah. It was insane. Yep. Yeah, so that defense is legit. Uh, whether or not their offense performs, I think their defense is going to keep them in games. Next one, San Francisco 49ers take on the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is another pretty tough one. We saw the— This is, yeah. This is a tough one to call. I do like Larry Fitzgerald now, and I do like how Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald were able to get some chemistry going in last week's game. I'm trying to trade for him in a couple fantasy leagues because I, I like him. I mean, he's old, and he's still performing at a high level. Yeah, it's crazy how consistent he is. He has the lowest drop percentage out of any player ever. It's crazy how reliable he is. And you can see why Carson Palmer wants to throw it his way more. He's the reliable guy there. They, the only other guys on that offense, J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown, they're more of speedy guys, the burners. Larry Fitzgerald is clearly the guy who catches the check or the checkdowns and all that kind of stuff, yeah, the shorter throws. vertical threat, pretty much everything. Yeah, you can see him be a vertical guy too. Yep. So he, he pretty much takes every role, whereas the other guys are kind of one-dimensional in that yeah. regard. He was going up and getting them in that game. I don't know if you saw any of those. Oh, but... yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, in that one where he snatched it out of that defender's hands, just the concentration that he has and the focus on catching the ball, it's insane. 
Yeah, for the running game, uh, Chris Johnson, Kerwin Williams, Andre Ellington, they're all splitting backfield carries, so they're pretty much all useless in fantasy. I think Chris Johnson's probably going to lead the backfield in touches, but I don't really want a part of any of them. Yeah, and I don't know if they're necessarily really doing a good job between the three of them. They're averaging 2.7, 2.3 yards per carry. It's nothing to get really exciting about. And then on the Niners, the other hand, you have Carlos Hyde, and he's able to get a lot done in the backfield. Yeah, he did actually leave the game with injuries a few times last week, but did end up coming back and just had a really big game. Uh, that game was 41-39. to 39 and just The 49ers and the Rams both put up a ton of points, and Carlos Hyde and Todd Gurley, the two running backs, they were a big part of that. And Carlos Hyde, I think, is definitely the focal point of this offense. Yeah, absolutely. Pierre Garçon, though, is starting to emerge for this offense as well. 16 receptions, 250 yards on the season. So I feel like if there is any passing attack, it's going to be Pierre Garçon. Absolutely, and that's why in fantasy drafts he was a guy that I targeted a lot in the late rounds just because who else do they have as receivers over there? Marquise Goodwin... He has I mean, the lowest catch rating in Madden, so that just tells you something <laughs> about him there. Yeah, it's uh, and not a lot of impressive guys there for the 49ers. They're young guys. They're developing guys. Pierre Garçon, I think, is the guy that Brian Hoyer trusts, and he's going to be the target monster over there. Now uh, it's time for the big question. Who are you picking in this game? I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think they're a more trustworthy team. Yeah, I'm going to have to go there as well. I think the defense is definitely better. Um, that's probably what makes the difference. They both have adequate offenses, at least. And I actually think the 49ers might even have the edge there, just because uh, with David Johnson, with David Johnson out for the Cardinals, they really don't have a, a rushing attack. And then in receivers, they got Larry Fitzgerald and then some boomer bust guys. I think okay. I think I think Carlos Hyde breaks the thing there. So I think the 49ers might even have a better offense, but. Uh, the defense for the Cardinals is what makes the difference. The DBs especially, yeah. Absolutely. Yep, for sure, Patrick Peterson. Tyron Matthew, good yeah. squad back there. For sure. Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, two teams that have quite a bit of promise, but I'm high on the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Carson Wentz looks like the real, de t real deal. He's taken a big step from last year. I think he's definitely ready to lead this team to a playoff berth, if not more. Yeah, I expect them to win the division, actually. I'm going to take them over the Cowboys. However, Elshon Jeffrey did take a step back last week. He didn't really get much done. I know this specifically because I had him in fantasy, and I was very disappointed. Um, however, <laughs> I, I do feel like the Philadelphia Eagles will be able to win this game. I do feel like the Chargers have some question marks. Is Melvin Gordon playing in this game? I think so. Yeah. It sounds like he will be. Okay. Yeah, so um, if, if he's not 100%, you know, that that adds an issue to the offense. You never know what they're going to be able to do. And then Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen's an amazing receiver, but Phillip Rivers, he's, he's tossing up interceptions left and right. Yeah, I just can't seem to protect the ball, and that's always been an issue with Phillip Rivers. I honestly thought it was going to get better this year with Keenan Allen coming back. and Just there's so many weapons around him, but still he can't seem to keep the ball in his, yeah. into the offense. I just don't know what the issue is. He's throwing it right to the defenders. It's not like they're just good, right plays by the defense. He's throwing it right in their laps. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if you can trust him at all. I'd say his career's on the decline, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there. I think that definitely is a possibility. Yeah, and I see Carson Wentz as a budding star. So I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. I feel like they have the edge almost in every category, in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to agree there, actually. Uh, one thing that I think that the Chargers do have better, though, is their running game. We talked about Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a playmaker. While you have uh, the rushing game, we talked about this in the uh, Week 3 recap. If you missed that episode, you can check that out. should be the most recent episode there. Uh, but Darren Sproles tore his ACL and broke his arm on the same play. It's a devastating injury. Jeez. I know. A terrible injury for a player who was talking about retiring at the end of the season. So I don't know if he's going to stick with that. I just I don't I hate to see such a talented guy go out in that way. So he may come back, but for now, uh, Legarrette Blunt and Wendell Smallwood are the guys in this backfield. And Smallwood is the guy I want to own. Uh, the the Eagles just actually signed a new running back from the practice squad. So he will probably have a role in this offense with Sproles out. But I think Wendell Smallwood is probably the guy you want to own. Yeah, if he's available in fantasy leagues, definitely pick him up. He's been targeted. He's one of the most picked-up running backs on the waiver wire right now. So go and grab him if you can. But like I said, Eagles have most of the edge in this game. Yeah, Ligard Blunt is just um, the the reason I don't really want him. I mean, you saw it. He had, what, he had zero carries in Week 2. So just too inconsistent. and doesn't really fit the Eagles' scheme very well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I think the Eagles have the edge in yeah. pretty much every facet of this game. So I am picking them as well. Moving on, we've got four games left in this one. The Giants are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this one is an interesting game. We saw the Giants kind of uh, show a little bit of improvement last week in their matchup. Uh, they actually got something going on offense, and I think that's in big part to the return of Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Odell Beckham Jr. had a huge game last week. He was able to score 24 fantasy points in my league, which is an insane amount for receivers. So, yeah, amazing game. You can trust him going forward the rest of the season now. I think he's, you know, he's good to go. He's not going to be plagued by an injury, and he's not going to be a decoy. Yeah. One thing I am concerned about, though, all the points in that game for the Giants came in the fourth quarter. Before that, yeah. they hadn't scored okay. any points. So that's what concerns me. Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard um, combined for three touchdowns, but all of them came late in the game. So kind of garbage time. I yeah. don't know if they this that's offense really point. has it together yet, and that's kind of what I'm concerned about. Uh, the, on the other hand, the Buccaneers, uh, they lost last week. They had a bunch of defensive guys injured, as I talked about. Um, I, no, actually, that episode didn't get aired. So I guess you probably did not hear about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they did lose last week. Uh, but Jameis Winston, um, I think he's kind of the guy who's really going to be – I guess it, that's always the way it is just with the, being a quarterback. But um, he's the guy who's going to make it or break it for this team. He has the potential to be great. He's got the weapons around him. It's just whether or not he's going to actually perform and make some of these throws that he's been missing. Yeah, I think Mike Evans is, is obviously going to be the, the biggest factor in this game for Jameis Winston. Is he going to be able to connect with him throughout the game? Deshaun or Deshaun Jackson, rather is also going to have a big game. I feel like he'll be more of the big play guy, and Mike Evans will be the, you know, every play I can trust you to throw to type guy. And Deshaun Jackson has the big play potential. So amazing receivers there in Tampa Bay. I trust that offense quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, still, though, Jameis Winston, I, he's missed some throws, and that's kind of holding the team back. And then they just haven't really been able to produce on the ground. Doug Martin's been suspended. And I trusted Jacquez Rogers to kind of carry the load until Doug Martin came back, but he has not done that thus far. 82 yards through the three games, or two games. They missed week one. But still, that's only averaging 40 yards a game. Just not very impressive, only averaging 3.4 yards a carry. 
I think that's going to make a difference, and it's going to make uh, the team one-dimensional against a talented New York Giants defense, which uh, that's going to be tough for me. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about this game? Who's going to yeah. So I'm excited to see Doug Martin come back. I have him in a couple of fantasy leagues, and I feel like he will perform and outduel Jaguiz Rogers for the starting job once again. Yeah, the way so, he's the way he's playing right now, it looks like yeah, for sure. looks like he's pretty much handed the starting job at this point. And like you said, Giants defense it it does have potential. We have an amazing they have an amazing secondary, absolutely amazing. So they are able to stop that pass. And like you said, when the Buccaneers have no run game, and they're able to stop the pass. That may add some interest to the game. Yeah. The only thing is, though, the Giants don't really have anything going on the ground either. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's really nothing to be excited about in the run game for either. I expect a lot of passing in this one. Yep, I would agree there. So it boils down to the pick. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. I think they have the edge. I trust Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson to get it done. I'm actually going to pick the Giants in this one. Okay. I think they're going to get their first win of the season. Um, and mm. while all their produ- all their production did come in the fourth quarter last week, I think having Odell Beckham back is going to help. And the Buccaneers still have some injuries on defense that they're dealing with. So That um, is bold, my friend. Yeah, I think um, depending on what the injury report is at the end of the week, I might have to switch this one back. So uh, keep watching the website. I might need to um, update this one if a lot of the Buccaneers injured guys come back for this one. But for right now, I think I think the Giants are going to take this one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, almost an upset, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say that, but I did that one's a toss up, and I don't know. We got to get some some differentiating picks now. You think? Speaking of toss up, this next matchup: <laughs> Oakland Raiders, Denver Broncos. How do you feel about this one? Uh, uh both of these teams just kind of threw out a dud last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Broncos lost to the Bills. The Raiders lost on Sunday Night Football to the Washington Redskins, so not a good performance from either one. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders first. Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree combined for two catches for 15 yards. It's very sad performance. I think Marshawn Lynch had 16 rushing yards. Just a terrible performance all around for the Raiders. And I don't know what happened to them. Really, the only guy who performed at all was Jared Cook, but their offense really struggled last week. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, only 139 rushing yards on the season, so we were super excited about him to return to his hometown for fantasy reasons. We thought he'd be more happy, therefore translating to better production just isn't really happening yet. Yeah, I mean, he is averaging 3.9 yards a carry, which isn't great. It isn't terrible either, and we've seen flashes of his former self. I think he is kind of past that, so he's not like a great guy. He's still pretty good, though. I think part of the reason is he's only got 36 carries through three games. They're definitely monitoring the amount of touches that he gets. Yeah, he's not used as much as we thought he would be. 12 carries a game is not a, a full workload, really. So, Jalen Richard is stealing a couple of those carries. I mean, nothing to be concerned about for fantasy owners. but DeAndre Washington as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. so it's kind of a three-way thing there. Marshawn Lynch definitely has more than the rest of them, but I mean the fact that there are three backs involved is kind of a turnoff. And I've actually seen Marshawn Lynch on the waiver wire in one league as well. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's I would snag him if you possibly could have that opportunity. I I almost would disagree. Really? I mean, there's it depends on how deep of a league it is. Um, but I mean, you look at the stats. Marshawn Lynch technically, I mean, through three games. He only has 20 points worth of production. I guess. So that's only okay. seven points a game, not even. Yeah. That's really not a thing you want for your running back one, running back two. 
And I think he he was drafted as probably a mid-range RB2 and not producing like that at all. So, I mean, you could definitely could see it improve, and especially after a week like last week, I think that's not something that's going to stay the same. But the upside is kind of yep. – there's definitely a ceiling there with the, the, the timeshare. Yeah. So, I mean – he does have upside, Marshawn Lynch. You know, you know what he's able to do. Derek Carr, on the other hand, amazing. He's he's doing good this season, minus the game against the uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah, and again, I think that was more of an outlier. It seems like a lot of the games from last week were outliers. Full but of that's disappointments. That's why it's so hard to predict what's going to happen in the coming weeks. It's if those are outliers, then we still have a really small sample size, only two games to choose from. And, I mean, maybe those were outliers. We don't really know. It's yeah. just there's so much craziness. I, I, It's hard to say. Yeah, exactly. Moving to the Denver Broncos, Trevor Simeon's been looking pretty hot through three games. And C.J. Anderson also starting to pour it on in that run game. How do you feel about that? Well, uh, going back to Trevor Simeon, we saw him drop a dud last week. Two, or no touchdowns, two interceptions. Yep. Whereas before that, he had six touchdowns in two games. So he didn't really um, – Im- he didn't show much there. I think it's kind of a he went back to his old ways of being Trevor Simeon. I mean, he just wasn't last year. I didn't really do that great. He was more of a game manager, and uh, that's kind of I don't know. I think uh, his actual production has been kind of in between what we've seen from these two uh, extremes. We saw nothing at all, just interceptions, and then we've seen only touchdowns. So I think it's going to be in between there. He's going to be. Uh, kind of more to the role he was last week, or last year, I should say. And C.J. Anderson still, I've talked about him for a while. I th- I think he's a good back. I don't know. They always seem to bring in other guys like Devontae Booker and Capri Bibbs last year, split carries with him. Uh, they had Ronnie Hillman splitting carries a few years back. Jamal Charles is the guy now. So, I mean, Jamal Charles is doing well, so I don't, I'm not arguing and saying that Jamal Charles shouldn't get carries. But I just don't know why... Uh, the Broncos are always bringing in other guys because I do think C.J. Anderson is a good back, and he seems to produce when he's healthy. Yeah, and I, I do feel like he has the lead role in this offense, and he should. He has earned it. He's a good running back. Jamal Charles, I think, just adds the speed factor that C.J. Anderson doesn't necessarily have. He's more of the run-you-over type of running back. So that's kind of what Jamal Charles is there. It's a good, really, really good balance in the backfield. Yeah, I agree, and they've still got their receivers as well. I expected Emmanuel Sanders to not really be a reliable option this year, but 160 yards, two touchdowns, that's not bad stat line, especially after not really doing much last week. Yeah, Demarius Thomas doesn't have any touchdowns this season, but he has more yards. So balance with the receivers as well, possibly more of a complete team because I like the defense for Denver as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so I think that the Denver defense should be able to take care of Oakland's offense pretty easily in this one. I'm going Denver with the win. Yeah, I'm going to have to go that way as well, especially, I mean, both teams didn't really perform on offense last week, but um, I'm a little bit concerned with the Raiders. I mean, the Redskins didn't have that great of a defense. I'm not sure what happened to them. I mean, they've got Josh Norman, but beyond that, there's not really a lot there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can bounce back against a tough defense this week, but I am picking the Broncos. Final uh, two games here. We're going to Sunday night football, and then we'll just have one game remaining. Uh, Sunday night football this week is the Indianapolis Colts against the Seattle Seahawks. A little less of an intense matchup than some of the other ones that we've seen, but... Uh, I think this one is going to be interesting. We saw Jacoby Brissett actually put up a pretty good game last week. Do you think that's going to continue? 
I don't think it's going to continue, but yes, it was an amazing game. I just don't think he's going to be able to challenge Seattle's defensive backs. You got Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Javorski Lane, I believe is his name. I know his last name is Lane. Jeremy Lane. Jeremy Lane. Okay, yeah. And, and Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman, obviously. Of course. So we all know that name. So I, I don't think he's going to be able to put up big numbers passing against those defensive backs. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and there's not really a consistent guy producing for them either. Originally, it was Jack Doyle that was producing over in the wide receiver category, or the receiving category just in general. And last week, it was T.Y. Hilton that put up a big day. Um, so I don't really think um, they, Jacoby Brissett doesn't really have a main target. I think that's going to hurt him if he doesn't really have a favorite to go to, I don't, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from there. So maybe from a fantasy perspective, not looking real good for the Colts offense. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, I would agree. And T.Y. Hilton is a guy who usually you have to start. I don't know if you can start him this week, though, against uh, yeah. it's a, just a tough matchup. And, again, uh, not a great quarterback. Andrew Luck is not practicing this week, will not play. It sounds like he's going to be making his return in week six is I their target. I did day. read a report saying that he was coming back in November now. They pushed it back. Oh, well, yeah, I'm yep. going to have to. Uh, what? When was that? Just read it earlier today, like oh. two hours before you came. So. All right, well, I'm going to have to look back at that because what I heard is that he's hoping for week six. And if that is the case, it would be like mid-October. So um, differing reports there. I'm sorry about that. We will come back to that for sure. Yeah. So stay tuned. I'll, I'll have an update, uh, hopefully, in uh, the week four recap. Otherwise, the week five preview, I should have something. Yeah, and I, I I do trust in Seattle's offense. I don't really think we touched on that. I, I think Russell Wilson should be able to connect with Richardson and Baldwin. Yeah, he had a big bounce-back week last week through four touchdown passes. And granted, the Tennessee defense isn't great, but it's good to see uh, Seattle and Russell Wilson especially bounce back. And, I mean, the Colts don't have a great defense either. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going to put up big numbers. Uh, one guy I want to watch, Chris Carson. We've talked about him before. I think he's gotten the starting role. That's pretty clear at this point. And I want to see what numbers he can put up against a weak defense, which he hasn't really had the chance to do as a feature back yet. Yeah, if you're looking to roll the dice fantasy-wise, Chris Carson might be a good plug-and-play if you're able to snag him from the waiver still. Russell Wilson's also going to be a good play this week, in my opinion. I think Seattle's definitely the more complete team. I'm taking them to win it. Yep, I agree there. It's not really much of a contest for me. One note, though, Doug Baldwin is questionable for this game, and it sounds like he may even be a game-time decision, so if you are a Doug Baldwin owner and you are going to need somebody off the waiver wire to replace him, keep an eye on Paul Richardson. Put up a, big, a pretty big game last week, and looks like uh, he might be the guy who's going to take away the Doug Baldwin role if he doesn't play. Yeah, poised for more success this week, so... Like you said, Baldwin might be out of this game. Richardson's a good option for that one. So we'll see what happens there. Yep. But, yeah, it's Seahawks in this game, and I don't think it'll be close. Actually, I looked at the spread for this game. It's like 13 points. Really? Which the, That was the biggest one out of the week. Hmm. So, yeah, not, not much of a contest there. Monday Night Football, I think this is probably one of the more interesting matchups of the week. Uh, Washington Redskins taking on another AFC West team in the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are 3-0, and one of only two teams along with the Falcons to be 3-0. and um, I think this is probably one of the quicker years that we're down to only two undefeated teams. It yeah. seems like there's more than this. Yeah, I mean, last last year we saw the Vikings rise to 6-0, and and I don't really know if there was – who else was with them up there? There were, uh, there were a few. I don't remember exactly yeah. which ones, but I know there were more – 
it, it took a little bit longer to get to undefeated teams, but that just shows um, the more balanced teams, I think, and all the upsets last week. Pretty really much didn't just, help that at all. Yeah. yeah. So um, the reason this game is interesting to me is based on what I saw the Washington Redskins do to Oakland, who we thought was going to be a superpower. Yeah, Kirk Cousins really bounced back, and that was something people were concerned about. I'm still actually pretty concerned about this offense, though. Terrell Pryor, who we thought was going to be very good coming into the season, just has not produced at all. Ten receptions through three games, so just not doing much of anything. He doesn't seem to have any chemistry with Kirk Cousins at all, and that's very concerning. The guy who's been the most consistent producer, Chris Thompson, and Jay mm-hmm. Gruden, the head coach for the Redskins, talked about him this week saying that Chris Thompson is going to keep pushing for touches, but I don't want to give him to him. Yeah, and he I, I was reading the Rob Kelly report as well. They said as long as he's healthy, he's going to be getting more touches than any back they have there. So kind of confusing because Chris Thompson's been proving his worth on that offense. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, uh, maybe they're just trying to kind of conceal the plan that they have for him. But, I mean, when he's touched the ball, he has been crazy good. If you look at the stats... He's averaging 8.5 yards a carry, and while he only has 14 carries on the season, that's still quite a bit, he's also averaging 17.8 per reception. Just looks extremely explosive, has four touchdowns on the year despite only 27 touches. Yeah, and for fantasy, he's been getting at least 14 points a week from what I saw in my league. I would know. I I played against him last week. He (laughs) He played on Sunday Night Football, and he lost the game for me. He put up 26 points. I had Amari Cooper, and he had... Chris Thompson, we were going in, and I was up by like eight, and I thought I had it in the bag for sure. And then Chris Thompson goes off, Amari Cooper puts up a dud, just didn't do anything for me, and yeah, I lost. That's got to be disappointing, especially because you don't really think of Chris Thompson as that big go-getter. So Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's being drafted in fantasy leagues and PPR leagues at least. That It's not like he's on the waiver wires for the most part, at least not in ESPN leagues. I think he's more available in Yahoo leagues. Uh, but still, he's not a guy that you expect to put up big numbers, but just look, it's looked like the most consistent option for yeah. the Redskins. But th- that's that's kind of what's concerning for me is they don't really have a, a receiver stepping up yet. Is Jamison Crowder still struggling with injury? Pryor doesn't seem to have a connection at all. So if teams can shut down Chris Thompson, I think uh, Redskins might struggle there. Yeah, I agree with that. And speaking of go-getters, though, Kareem Hunt for the Kansas City Chiefs, absolute beast. You called me out on this earlier in the season saying he was going to be one of the best running backs, and you were 100% correct. Oh, yeah, 401 yards, four touchdowns, averaging 8.5 yards a carry. That's the same as Chris Thompson, except the difference is Kareem Hunt has 47 carries. That's a pretty big difference. Yep, absolutely. That's insane. He is putting up numbers. He is looking insane. He puts... He he seems like he's breaking tackles every time he touches the ball. He always goes up. I think yeah, I forget exactly what the stat was, but it's like the first player to ever have a 50-plus yard touchdown in each of his first three games. Yeah, yeah. He's every week he's breaking a record. It's crazy. Kareem Hunt is the real deal, and it sounds like I mean the way he's going. If you were repicking in a fantasy league, he'd be the number one pick. Whereas I have him in every fantasy league because I just was able to pick him up in the last round in my early drafts. He's been winning me my weeks every week, and that's why all of my teams are 2-1 and one or better. Yeah. Just Kareem Hunt is putting up numbers and saving me every week. Yep, and that would explain why I am 0-3 because I drafted <laughs> David Johnson with the first pick. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt, amazing option. Alex Smith, proven to be more than just a game manager and Tyreek Hill. Explosive offense. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs to stay undefeated and win this game. 
I agree. The Kansas City Chiefs talked about it before, but they look like the team to beat. They're just so good all around. Um, Marcus Peters at the corners. It's not just their offense. Marcus Peters has been preventing receiver. I don't. I don't have the exact stats in front of me. I wish I did, but um, he's allowed pretty much nothing there. And they lost Eric Berry early in the season. But other, than, I mean, they still got playmakers over there. They've got Derek Johnson along with Marcus Peters and lots of other guys along that defense. Just a more balanced team than the Redskins. And I honestly, I think their offense is more explosive as well. It's just. There's so many guys, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, so many playmakers on that team, whereas the Redskins are still struggling to find their identity. I guess the Chiefs in this one as well. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Any more thoughts on that one? No. I think that's a pretty clear-cut answer for me. So. All right. Well, that wraps up this week. Uh, as I mentioned, if you want to see the picks or if you want to check out any of the former episodes, go check out footballfanaticpodcast.com. Uh, you can find all that stuff. And then also, if you are listening on iTunes, if you could leave a review, that would be awesome. I'm really trying to get ratings up uh, and get ranked a little bit better for the show. So if you guys could leave a review, that really helps. So uh, that would be very much appreciated. So thank you all for listening, as always. Uh, come back soon for the week four recap. Uh, wait, recaps and previews are pretty much the focal point of the show, but I'm also releasing other stuff. So keep coming back. There will be more later. So thanks for listening, as always. I'll catch you next time.